Chapter 1 Arthur Everything looked as perfect as it could for what might be their final family meal together. They hadn't all been together since Arthur and his wife Madeline had celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary last month. The happiest, most perfect couple had been toasted and spoiled by friends and family at a lavish party thrown by their two children, Elizabeth and Patrick. Today, Arthur had been up since 6am pacing the house. It had been another long night of broken sleep. Every time he managed to close his eyes, a new scenario entered his head, jolting him from his light doze with no mercy. He had eventually given up on finding any comfort in the single bed he now occupied. It had been two weeks, but he wasn't going to complain to Madeline. His new double bed was ordered. It wouldn't be much longer until it arrived. He had spent much of the day in a bit of a daze, frequently glancing at the clock as he counted down the hours until dinner. Madeline smiled softly as she appeared in the doorway between the kitchen and the dining room. She was every bit as beautiful as when Arthur had first met her. His father, then mayor of Northbridge, had been particularly excited to present his son to Madeline and her father, William Montgomery. The Montgomery family were practically royalty to the people of Northbridge. Arthur could still hear his mother clearly. Money follows money, and the Montgomerys are money. Arthur imagined what his now-deceased father and father-in-law would make of what he was about to do. After all these years, the thought still made his stomach churn. "'Everything's almost ready,' Madeline said. She walked over and stood beside her husband. "'It all looks perfect.' Arthur smiled. "'I can't thank you enough. I wouldn't be doing this without you.' Don't worry, once tonight is over, it's a whole new beginning. She grabbed his hand and gave it a tight squeeze before returning to the kitchen. He knew she was right. He told himself the exact same thing. This was the moment he'd been waiting for. There was no turning back now. He pulled out the chair closest to him and sat down. He could feel his heart beating faster, Arthur closed his eyes and concentrated on his breathing. In, out, in, out. The bright headlights lit up the dining room as the clock chimed the quarter hour. Arthur heard a car door slam shut. Elizabeth's heels confirmed her arrival on the other side of the dining room door before she pushed it open. It was impossible not to smile when Elizabeth entered a room. Arthur had always known she was destined for greatness. Even as a child, she captivated people with her confidence and outgoing personality. That confidence had served her well as she'd gone on to a successful career as a journalist. She was now well known for her opinion columns. Once she was old enough to realise that her mum was the editor of the local newspaper, she'd been determined to follow in her footsteps. Arthur and Madeline didn't always agree with her opinions, but they knew that they'd raised someone to stand firm behind what she believed in, even if this did occasionally lead to some tense discussions over the dinner table. Hello, Daddy, she said, striding across the room to embrace Arthur. She kissed him on the cheek before sitting down on the chair next to him. Where's Mum? Uh, she's in the kitchen, putting the finishing touches to dinner. It all smells amazing. So, what's all this in aid of? 
Arthur felt his chest tighten as he forced his mouth into a small smile. Oh, nothing to worry about. It's just nice to spend some quality time together. Anyway, how is everything at home? Oh, you know what the girls are like, she sighed, happily latching onto Arthur's change of subject. It was Teddy's first day at the post today. He still wasn't home when I left, but I take that as a good sign. How do you think he'll get on? He's such a talented writer, just like his mum and grandmother. I know it and you know it, Dad. I hope this helps him realise it and gives him some direction in life again. Calling in a favour like this isn't easy, especially when he's refused it so many times. Don't push him too hard, Lizzie. He said yes, eventually. Let him find his own way, like we let you. Arthur poured himself a glass of water from the jug in the middle of the table. Uh, how is Ralph doing? Oh, good, thanks, sir. Busy as always. He was a little disappointed not to be invited tonight, actually. I just wanted some time with you and your brother. I presume Patrick won't be bringing Scarlet then? No, uh, like I told you, it's just the four of us tonight. Hello, Mum, Elizabeth said, turning round as Madeline returned to the room, carrying a bottle of wine. Hello, darling, you're looking lovely, Madeline said, kissing her daughter on the cheek. How was the town planning meeting today? Oh, don't get me started. I've a good mind to run for the council next year if they don't start paying more attention to the local community. As for that MP of ours, nowhere to be seen. Arthur laughed, but he knew nothing would stop Madeline once she'd set her mind on it. After retiring, she'd been approached to join every possible organisation and committee. He was still in awe of how she found the time to juggle all her commitments. This town would be bloody lucky to have you, Elizabeth said, as a second car pulled into the driveway. Here's Patrick, only 25 minutes late. He's making progress. It was almost time. He'd wait until after dessert. That's what he and Madeline had discussed and agreed upon. Perhaps they'd react better on full stomachs. Evening all, Patrick said, striding into the dining room. He threw his jacket over the back of the chair closest to him. Before you say anything, Lizzie, I got caught up in traffic. You're here and that's the most important thing, Madeline said. She gave her son a kiss on the cheek. Lizzie, could you please come and give me a hand in the kitchen? Patrick sat himself down on the vacated seat beside his father, Arthur couldn't help but notice how tired he looked, but he wasn't going to bring it up. After the breakdown of a previous relationship and the death of his best friend, his son had turned to alcohol. It was only when Madeline had reached breaking point and begged him that he had agreed to go to a rehab facility. With his life now back on track, Patrick had thrown himself into work, following Arthur's retirement. So, what's going on? I figured it must be bad when you said I couldn't bring Scarlet. How are things with you two? Oh, you know what? Things are great. I really think she could be the one, Dad. Arthur smiled. Seeing Patrick happy after the last few years meant the world to him. Well, you know what you need to do then, son. She's a special lady. Don't let a day go by where you don't make her feel that. Elizabeth reappeared, carrying bowls of food. If you'd got two working legs, you could actually come and help, Patrick. I'm on my way. No need for the sarcasm, Patrick said, before turning back to father. I'll never understand how she got two men to propose to her. Arthur tried to join in the chat and laughter as much as he could throughout the dinner. 
Every so often he felt Madeline's bright green eyes on him from across the table. They were still filled with the same energy they had been when he first looked into them over fifty years earlier. Her freshly layered, snowy white hair framed her delicate features. You're on another planet, Daddy. Do you want to top up? Go on, then. Why not? Elizabeth stretched across and filled his glass. There's so much depth to the flavour in this one. Madeline gave her glass a little shake. It's a little rich for me, she says, after almost half a bottle. <laughs> Arthur laughed loudly. It felt good to momentarily forget, even if it was fleeting. Patrick was slouched in his chair, one hand resting on his stomach. He had put on a little weight over the summer, which he was quick to put down to Scarlet's good home cooking. Mum, dinner was amazing. We have to do this more often, if you're going to spoil us like this. Forget more often. I want to know what's going on and why we're here tonight, Elizabeth said, before taking another sip from her almost empty glass. I know you, pair. There's something. I've seen those glances at each other. You're right, Arthur said, prompting all three heads to turn in his direction. There's a reason we asked you to come here tonight. Madeline reached across and held her hand out. Arthur took it, and their fingers knitted together. He squeezed it tightly. Is something wrong? Elizabeth said. The mood in the room had shifted. Arthur hated hearing the sudden sense of panic in his daughter's voice. He felt Madeline's wedding ring press into his finger as she gripped his hand even tighter. Is Davina McCall about to arrive with our long-lost brother? Shut up, Patrick! Elizabeth hissed. Daddy, please, what's going on? Arthur took a deep breath. Your mother and I will always love each other very much. But we are not together anymore, and it's not because we don't still love each other very much. Arthur paused. His next few words would change everything. There was no stopping now as his two children stared back at him, their eyes wide with anticipation. He closed his eyes and allowed the words to finally leave his mouth. The truth is, I'm gay. Chapter Two Teddy Edward Marsh? Hi, just Teddy is fine. He lurched forward awkwardly to shake the man's hand. Thanks for this opportunity, Mr. Stone. It's great to be here. Not at all. We're delighted to have you join us. When Elizabeth Marsh says her son wants to be a journalist, well, she's a persuasive woman, your mother. There it was. Teddy knew it wouldn't take long. It would be the first of many mentions of his mum, Elizabeth Marsh, their cherished, award-winning columnist. It would no doubt be common knowledge already that she had a private word and secured her only son a trainee reporter role. He was genuinely grateful for the chance to prove himself, even if it meant accepting that he needed a helping hand. That hadn't been easy to stomach, but he knew he had no other choice. He needed to get his life back on track. It felt strange to be sitting in a shirt and tie. The summer sunshine was beating through the large glass windows into the open-plan office. He had been directed to the desk belonging to Dylan Wicks. After a ten-minute wait, an out-of-breath Dylan had arrived carrying a steaming mug of coffee. Forgot you were 
Starting today, he said before taking a sip of his drink. Right, so long story short, I'll be your mentor over the next few months. Your mum was mine when I first started, so I'm sure you've a fair idea of what to expect here anyway. We don't see her slumming it in the office much these days, of course. <laughs> Teddy knew all of this already, of course. Elizabeth had been quick to tell him about how she had helped shape Dylan into the senior journalist he was now. She had made it very clear he had big shoes to fill. She might have given him a foot in the door, but she still had high expectations. Sit yourself down here, Dylan gestured to the desk next to him. You might need a few phone calls with IT to get logged in, but we'll get you sorted before the end of the day. Any questions? Teddy racked his brain for something, anything to ask. He didn't want Dylan to think he thought he knew everything. Um, well, I was wondering... Sorry, are you Dylan by any chance? Both Dylan and Teddy looked up at the person who had interrupted them. He pushed his floppy brown hair back off his forehead. His cheeks looked slightly flushed, as if he had just completed a light workout. Who's asking? I'm Benjamin King. I'm starting training with you today. Dylan's head spun towards Teddy as if he expected him to know what was going on. That can't be right. No one mentioned you to me. Let me just give upstairs a call. Teddy sat quietly, feeling increasingly awkward. It seemed that a communication failure had resulted in Dylan not being told that he was getting two trainees. He looked far from pleased at the discovery. I'm just surprised, Dylan said once Ben was sitting down on the other side of Teddy. I presumed once your mum sorted it out for you, they wouldn't bother with anyone else. I mean, after all, why bother telling me? Teddy felt his cheeks burn. Great. That was all he needed. A fellow trainee who had been forgotten about because his mum had pulled some strings. Well, that was a bit of a waste of a morning, Dylan said after confirming that both Teddy and Ben would be working together under his guidance. Two trainees... It's like they don't want me to do my own job. Teddy felt Ben lean across towards him. That wasn't exactly the warmest welcome, was it? I feel like a bit of a spare part now. Yeah, sorry, I didn't know me being here would cause any hassle, Teddy said. He shifted uncomfortably in his seat. Why would you? Ben said. If my mum could click her fingers and make things happen, I wouldn't worry about it either. Teddy stared at him, taken aback by the insinuation that he would happily trample over someone else for his own gain. Just as he was about to defend himself, Ben swung round in his chair to face him. You can call me Ben, by the way, he whispered, holding his hand out. He gripped Teddy's tightly as he shook it, oblivious to the offence he had just caused. So, Teddy Marsh, what's your deal? Nothing much to tell? I'm just here to learn. Teddy wasn't going to give much away to the newcomer. Ben's neat eyebrows were raised as he observed Teddy's reaction to his questioning. Keeping your cards close to your chest, eh? You're a bit of a dark horse already. I'm not a dark horse. I just want to keep my head down and get on with things. Don't let me get in the way. He smiled at him. 
Teddy couldn't help but notice the deep dimples which formed on his cheeks as he did. His eyes drifted across Ben's handsome face. A light stubble accentuated his perfectly chiselled jawline. Irritated, Teddy turned his eyes back towards his own screen. Almost an hour later, Teddy felt his stomach rumble as he finished the task Dylan had set. He glanced at the clock on his screen. Thankfully, it was almost time for lunch. He thought of the sandwich he had packed into his bag that morning, and he wished he had remembered to ask Dylan if there was a fridge he could store it in. He didn't want to take it out in front of Dylan and Ben now. It would be less awkward to slip off and eat it in private, where no one would notice. I've got a lunch meeting, so you two can... Dylan didn't bother finishing the sentence before grabbing his phone and leaving the office. Do you have any plans? Ben asked. I'm meeting my friend. Teddy didn't know why he said it. The words had escaped him before he even had a chance to think it through. Cool. Well, I'm going to go and introduce myself to people. Get to know a few names, you know. You are, Teddy said, surprised by Ben's plan to ingratiate himself. Yeah, can't do any harm to say hello and let people know I'm here to learn and help as much as I can. Teddy stood up and grabbed his bag. He felt ridiculous at having caught himself in an awkward lie while Ben planned to get to know their new colleagues. He should really have thought ahead like that. I probably won't be that long, so I'll see you when I get back. He quickly made his way to the toilets. If he ate his food quickly, he could be back within a few minutes and claim his friend had to cancel at the very last minute. Teddy slipped into an empty cubicle and locked the door. He pulled out the small lunchbox and unwrapped the ham and cheese sandwich he had made himself. After a number of hours trapped in his bag, it wasn't in the freshest of states. He imagined his mum scowling at him for hiding away, instead of making as much effort as Ben to integrate. He washed down the tasteless, moist sandwich with a gulp of warm water from the bottle at the bottom of his bag. This was not the way he imagined his first day going, but there was still time to turn it around. He left the cubicle and stood in front of the mirror. His jet black hair was messy, but in a way that looked intentional. He checked his teeth for any bits of food. I think you got it all. Teddy jumped as Ben came into view behind him in the mirror. Oh, yeah, just checking. Teddy could feel his ears burn as he watched Ben disappear into a cubicle without another word. I think you got it all, he muttered to himself, frowning. He hurried back from the toilet to his desk, hoping to compose himself before Ben returned. It was a couple of minutes later when he realised that Ben was now talking to someone else halfway down the office. It was impossible to hear the conversation, but he was sure that they had both looked in his direction at least twice. Sorry about that, Ben said as he sat back down in his chair a few minutes later. I was just chatting to Manoj. Do you know him? No, what does he... Teddy stopped talking as he realised Ben was grinning broadly at him. Is something wrong? Teddy braced himself for questions about why he had decided to eat lunch alone in the toilets. Not at all. I was just wondering how long you were going to keep it a secret that your mum is Elizabeth Marsh. Teddy felt an immediate tightness in his chest. 
Oh, um, it's just not something I like to bring up. I should have known when Dylan mentioned your mum sorting your place here. You're practically guaranteed a job. You can think that all you want. I'm here because I want to work and learn, same as you. Ben rolled his eyes. Come on. They already forgot I was coming. I bet it didn't happen to you. Did they forget to roll out the red carpet? You've got a lot to say for yourself. Hey, I'm just saying what other people are thinking. And yeah, I worked my ass off to get this chance, and then I found out they forgot about me on my first day. It's not a great feeling. That's not my fault, Teddy said. You and the rest of them can think all you want. As I said, I'm here to learn. As long as you know I'm here to get the job I want. At least I know I'm going into competition as the underdog now. What? This isn't a competition, Teddy said, but suddenly feeling less confident in his response, quickly added, Is it? Unofficially, I guess. After the trainee ship, there's usually a job. If there's two of us, it's likely one of us will be heading home unemployed. And I can't let that happen. As far as Teddy had been concerned, this was nothing more than a chance to learn the ropes and experience life in the newsroom. Now here he was, in competition with someone he had just met, for a job he wasn't even sure he wanted. It took every ounce of restraint not to leave his desk and phone his mum. He realised she hadn't told him so that he would finally accept the offer. Dylan seemed oblivious to any tension between the pair as he returned from his lunch meeting. At one point, Teddy was sure he had almost forgotten that they were there altogether, only remembering to set them a task when one of his colleagues stopped by to introduce herself. Teddy was even more sure that he'd heard a noise come from Ben's direction when he had responded to her request to say hello to his mum for her. She had, at least, highlighted that she knew who he was in a more subtle manner. He could tolerate that if he had to. It was something of a relief when Dylan finally said that they could both call it a day. Any plans for tonight? Ben asked, breaking the silence as they both stood waiting for the lift. I'm just going to meet a couple of friends now. They work close by. What about you? That sounds nice. I'm just heading back to my flat first and then going to a gig. Do you live alone? I just moved into a little studio, nothing fancy. Are you planning to move into the city? No, I'll stay home in Northbridge and get the train in. The doors opened, allowing a large group of people to push their way into the lift. They stood in silence until it reached the ground floor. As they made their way through the foyer, Teddy spotted his best friends Shaquille and Lexi standing outside, deep in conversation. Well, I'm heading this way. Bye, he said, turning to head in the opposite direction as quickly as possible without waiting for a response. Come on, I need a drink, he said to the pair, glancing over his shoulder to confirm that Ben was still watching him. Chapter 3 Arthur The room was silent. It was as if nobody dared breathe in the seconds which followed. It was done. He'd said the words out loud. There was no taking them back now. 
He looked intently at his two children. Patrick stood up, shaking his head slowly. Is there a punchline to this? I don't get it. It's true. Please, can you sit, Patrick? Madeline was soft-spoken, but they knew when she was serious. Anyone who had ever worked for her knew when Madeline was not to be argued with. As she had requested, Patrick sat back down. Neither he nor Elizabeth looked in Arthur's direction, instead directing their attention to Madeline. You knew about this, Elizabeth said. I've known for a while, yes. That is not what is important here, though. This is about your father telling you something very personal. I think we have a right to know what the hell is going on and why you're tolerating this. No, Elizabeth, you don't. All you need to know is that I'm here beside your father and asking you to listen to and love him because he is still the same man. He's still your dad. Elizabeth put her head in her hands. I cannot believe what I'm hearing. You've been married fifty years and you're sitting there like he's just told you that he forgot to buy milk. That's enough, Arthur said. Don't start on your mother. She doesn't deserve your anger. This isn't anger, this is confusion, she said, before turning back to Madeline. You can come and stay at my house, Mum. Stay as long as you need to. I won't be leaving my home, Elizabeth, and neither will your father. Patrick was silent, taking in every word, his hazel eyes darting between the two women like he was watching an intense Wimbledon final. Can you say something? Why are you just sitting there mute as per usual? Talk some sense into her, Elizabeth shouted at her brother. What am I supposed to do? We can't force Mum to do anything she doesn't want to do. Arthur could see his daughter was growing more and more frustrated. Her neck on the top of her chest was breaking out in a blotchy red rash. Lizzie, please, let me explain, he said, reaching out his right hand to touch her. Don't you dare Lizzie me. Don't even touch me. I can't believe this. Everything is just one big lie. I need you to understand that I never wanted to hurt any of you, especially your mum. Why now? What reason is possibly good enough to destroy the life you had, all of our lives? Arthur hesitated. There it was, the question he had been dreading the most, the answer he needed to get right more than any other he could give. I couldn't live another day not being who I am. I know this will sound too simplistic and ridiculous to you, but I had to do this now. Had to? You didn't have to do anything. Are you saying you spent 50 years lying to yourself, to mum? I wasn't lying. I love your mum more than I can ever explain. She's the best friend I've ever had. We've had an incredible life together and been blessed with both of you, but that doesn't change who I am, who I have been my whole life. His voice was beginning to crack. He took a sip from the glass of water in front of him. Is there someone else? Are you cheating on Mum? I swear to God if... I'm not. I promise you that. I would never do that. So why? Why Why now? It doesn't make any sense. I know it's hard to get your head around, but I'm 79. You're all grown up and living your lives, and I... Well, I just couldn't go on another day not being true to myself. To all of you. Bullshit! 
This is all for you. How could you do this to all of us? What am I supposed to tell the kids? Did you even stop to think about your grandchildren? Don't speak for me or them, Elizabeth, Madeline interjected. I know what I'm doing. I understand you're shocked and angry, but don't be on my behalf. We grew up in different times. Your father did what he had to do and gave me the best life. You don't get to stand in our house and judge him. None of this makes any sense. You're, you've both lost your minds. I've got to get out of here. Please, Elizabeth. No, I feel sick. I need to go. I feel like, like I can't breathe. Don't leave like this. I'm still here, Dad. Dad, she repeated incredulously. No, you're not. Not anymore. I'd rather you were dead. You're dead to me. Stop it, Lizzie, Patrick said, reaching out to her. She slapped his hand. I mean it. Stay away from me and stay away from my family. Without another word, Elizabeth pulled her jacket off the back of the chair and stormed from the room. Nobody spoke as they heard the front door bang shut, quickly followed by the sound of her car pulling out of the driveway. Are you okay, Patrick? Arthur asked. Is there anything you need to say or even ask? I've got lots of questions, but to be honest, I don't really know where to start. Well, that's perfectly understandable. I'm here whenever you're ready. Are you really both going to live here? Your mum has been very kind and said I can stay. We're in separate rooms, but we're getting used to the new arrangement. This is a lot to take in. I can't believe this has all been going on, and you're both sitting here with each other. We still love each other, Patrick, Madeline said. It's a different kind of love, but hopefully one day you and Elizabeth will learn to understand that. Patrick stood up from his chair. Maybe. Look, I'm sorry, I have to go. I, I just can't do this right now. Madeline squeezed Arthur's hand as their son left the room. The night had gone as badly as he had feared.